right, we are back for another episode of Black Equity Podcast. We don't get this too often where we actually have a returning guest. Because uh, people that come on the show, they get busy and people want to connect with them and collaborate. And then I'm like, yo, come back on the show. And then it's like, yeah, okay, DJ, I'll, I'll get back. And then um, sometimes it just takes a while. But we do have someone today uh, that is coming back on the show uh, that was on last year. Uh, Telly uh, is here and she is the founder of a girl in the museum world.com. Um, I always love our conversations. She wakes me up to uh, what's really going on out here, what maybe I'm not paying attention to. Uh, so I'm really excited for this conversation. Uh, Telly, welcome back to Black Equity. How are you? Hey, thank you for having me back. And I'm good. And I am really excited to dive into our conversation today. Um, a lot has happened since last year. And um, I'm thankful for this platform to help uplift and educate our community on what's going on behind the scenes of the museum world. Yes, a lot has happened. I mean, goodness. Uh, when I think about, I did, did we talk before the whole George Floyd, I mean, I can't remember the timing. That was, yep, that said, yeah, that was before, um, before was, Floyd. Yeah, and, and so I think, I don't remember if there, the pandemic had started or not, I can't remember, you know, but I feel like there's been a, a lot of shifting in society. I think, I think it might have just happened, but it's still, I don't think we had fully lived the the process yet right yeah and I mean just us trying to figure out the timeline like that's a sign right there like so <laughs> so, so, yeah so much has happened um just trying to like take it uh day, day by day but yeah that confirms that so much has happened a shift in society a shift within ourselves um so we find our we find ourselves in 2021 and a lot is going on in Black culture, society, life, what are, what are you currently working on in your world? Um, right now, A Girl in Museum World's mission is to encourage folks to stop, pay attention to what's going on, what's, what's going on now, because it, it is really important, and to also try to capture or hold on to something that can reflect the times that we're in. Um, so I, I have really shifted my mission to encourage people to seek adventure and to also start trying to create and build their own history um, as they're living their everyday lives because what's happening now is it, going to matter. It, it matters now and it's going to matter later for our future generations. So that's where my mindset has really shifted. Um, that's where since, since the last time we've we've spoken. I, I want to touch on that when you're saying uh, build your own history. I mean, I I know I I know some of my history, but when you say build your own history, what do you mean by that? Where where are you coming from from that standpoint? Yeah. So I mean. Um, 
I'm not saying, you know, go out there and start dropping a thousand dollars on antiques and, you know, all that stuff. Um, I mean, if you can do that, you know, sure. But <laughs> um, what we can start building with what we already have. So, you know, um, photo albums or um, textiles or heirlooms that we have from our ancestors, like um, putting more attention on those pieces and trying to collect and preserve them um, that we, we can start right there. Or, you know, maybe printing out some of the pictures that we have in our, in our phones. Um, mm just trying to create a tangible um, history. That's, that's what I would really love to see in, in our community. Um, unfortunately, African-Americans, we don't have the luxury to like really go to the archives and do all of this genealogy research. I mean, we can, but the material is lacking um, just due to like the deliberate purposeful destruction you know, of, um, of our history. There was one, you know, one point in time, people just didn't look at us as people. So why would they care about keeping documents or anything important to, to our community? So I feel like it's up to us to do that now. Um, so yeah, within, the last time we've talked, I created like a, a simple 101 ebook to help people um, take initiative and start start doing that. Um, we can do it with what we already have in, in our homes, um, and we can do it do it um, in an affordable manner. So I've created that ebook. You can find that on my website. Um, but yeah, I, I would just really love for us to start building. For our future generations. So, <laughs> why is that important? Why is it important to preserve our history and document it and put the effort in to do that? Why is that so important? Yeah, um, it helps us. It helps us figure out who we are. You know, like I, I can't even count how many times. Like I wish I could. I wish I knew more about my ancestors to try to figure out, you know, where are these certain traits that come from, you know, there are certain traits in me that I don't see in my mother and my father, but they may have been like in, in my great, great grandfather, great, great grandmother, something like that. But I don't have anything to help me try to fig figure that out. Um, I don't have like, sadly, photos or any documents or anything thing like that, because it just wasn't taught to hold on to that stuff. So having building our own history it, it helps us figure out who we are as a people and we are able to tell our story ourselves you know mm -hmm. um, we can write down our own interpretation or we can just write down what happened from our own personal accounts you know we don't have to have someone from the outside telling our story having control over your story matters because it's, it's coming from you. So that, that's why I feel like it's really important. What, what inspired, because it's one thing to say, you know what, we need to, you know, make sure we're preserving our history, make sure that we're, you know, building up the, um, 
the the physical nature of our history and then taking that idea and saying well okay i believe in this strongly enough to then publish something ebook and make people really look at this so what inspires just a thought you know i have thoughts all the time right i, I mean i'm watching nba draft i'm, I'm like oh i need to own a team one day i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and then you know i don't own the nba team yet right and so I have thoughts all the time. You had a thought that came into a reality. What inspires this uh, taking that thought and turning it into an action? Yeah, um, I was, for me, it's the lack of. I, um, sadly, I don't have the, not the opportunity, but I just don't. I'm not able to do that within like my own family. I can only do it. I can only look back so far. Um, I can go back to my mom's side, um, my father's side, and that that's about it. Since it wasn't really taught to preserve anything, um, it's just, it was more so taught to sell what you can, get, get the money, you know, um, sell that table or or whatever that antique that's sitting on the shelf and, and get the money um so for me it was the the lack yeah coming from a position of of desire you know I wanted to be able I want to be able to um look back on my great-great-grandfather um I would like to learn you know about him but I can't so I want to prevent that for other folks Mm, I see what you're saying um okay have you been in this last I guess the last year and a half uh have you been able to travel um outside of the country no um I've done some local traveling like a drive for I was here for I was there went back home to Baltimore um but that that was about it. Um, I'm actually uh, we're having a talk. So wait, so you're from Baltimore? Yes. We're having a talk soon, and, and I'm not sure when this will air. So uh, please forgive me, anyone who's listening, if it already happened. But um, someone else that we interviewed, Joanna Jane, uh, she has a project, and uh, she's redeveloping real estate in Baltimore Mm. um I forget the name of the area um but she saw it I think she's from uh Philly but she's she ended up hearing about you know things that were happening in Baltimore and she wanted to revitalize um you know the area through real estate development um so when you bring up Baltimore now I gotta figure out what was it like growing up in Baltimore what side of Baltimore did you grow up on um what are your memories from Baltimore yeah um so the first five years of my life I grew up in Baltimore City and even though it was only like five years it feels like it was way much longer just because of the just the everyday like environment it whenever I think about it I'm like I can't believe I only spent five years in Baltimore City it was it's very like vibrant and vivid um in my memory and then my mother, she wanted, um, she wanted a different life for us. So she, we moved to Baltimore County and um, 
And that's a different experience. Yes. For those who don't know, Baltimore <laughs> City and Baltimore County, help me help them understand that difference. Yeah, I mean, uh, sadly, Baltimore City, uh, it can it, it can be a rough environment to to be raised in due to the lack of funding and uh, the powers that be, they delegate their priorities to what they deem important to them. So um, it, it can be rough. So, and my mother, she knew that. So she took us to Baltimore County for more opportunities and um, a, a better better life. So I'm, I'm very thankful about that. And um, yeah, that's my sister and I, we raised in Baltimore County and we were able to, according to my mom, just be free black kids, <laughs> right. free, you know, free, free black children, have the opportunity to not be a product of your environment. So. How come I never heard your Baltimore accent, accent, uh, accent until you just said Baltimore? Now I'm hearing it in every sentence. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I actually hear that a lot. People tell people tell me that a lot. Or if I say two, apparently you, exactly they, they can hear it, but I'm not sure. But my, I mean, my mother is from Georgia, and then my father is from Baltimore. So I get, I guess I, you know, got that. It it turns on and off. I don't know. <laughs> Understood. Understood. Um, okay, I asked you about the traveling because I know um, when we talked last time, you were talking about the different museums. Uh, that you would want to go to and then all this is you know happening as far as whatever we want to call what's going on in the world where things appear to be um limited but I still see people traveling and doing stuff and going out and I'm just like you know um how does that how does that impact the psyche when you're not able to move about the way that you want to move about oh I mean for me, it has it has had a very positive in, impact for me. Um, I mean, since the last time we talked, I, my, my, I have shifted. My missions have shifted. Um, I didn't really want to talk about this, but what I want to achieve and contribute to society has moved beyond um, the, muse- the museum space. I thought I was only going to be able to achieve it within the museums, but it has surpassed that. Um, so for me, I have not been able to move about the way I want to move about or visit the museums that I really want to visit. It has created the space for me to figure out how to navigate differently, be, be more, be more creative. It, it has sparked a, I don't know, like a creative bug. Um, mm-hmm. if, you know, if I'm not able to do something or go somewhere, I'll try to just navigate around that. Like, I'll try to figure out, can I still go there without going there? You know, like I'll look, I'll go, I'll venture to the um, website to see if there are resources to try to create like my own experience. So um, it has sparked a creative bug and a resourceful bug. Just try to figure out how to make the best of the situation. Understood. I I know something had came across uh, the news cycle a few weeks ago probably a couple of months now where there was some type of artwork that was purchased for a big amount, mm-hmm. <laughs> but 
it wasn't really artwork. It was invisible. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that was a that was a very big thing in the art world. Um, well, you know what? It wasn't even the art world. It kind of it, it extended. <laughs> yeah. Is that art? Can art um, be invisible? According to that group of individuals, yes, it okay. can be. But um, art, it is up for interpretation. But personally, I feel like you <laughs> need to be able to see something, you know, uh, in order to interpret or do, you know, have something to create a feeling. You, you got to see that. You got to see something. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that, that was very interesting. And I mean, kudos to him. He was an extremely creative, um, you know, gen- gentleman. And I'm, sometimes I feel like I wish I would have came up with it first. I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out how we can't all just go create invisible art, get our $10 million. <laughs> and here's a question I got for you. If, if you created your invisible art or whatever art for that mm-hmm. matter, and got with 10, 15, whatever the number is, mm-hmm. would you leave the United States? And if you you would leave the United States, where would you go? Um, I would not leave the I would not leave the United States. Um, I do feel like art and history, the cultural heritage sector, it's it's not good in I'm not gonna say it's it's good in other countries, but I do feel like it, it's a little bit better. Um as far as having a space to really express yourself, um, you see more, I think, acceptance of different cultural movements and expressions of art in other countries. So I would not leave. If I if I was in that situation where I created some invisible art and I came up, you know, with all that um, money, I would dedicate efforts to create a space here in the United States. Um, not to reinvent the wheel, but I would try to do what the studio museum um, does in Harlem, just giving mm. folks a space to tell their story, you know, okay. whatever it is, tell the good, the bad, and the ugly, just just tell it all. Just having that space um, is important. So yeah, I wouldn't. Did you, did you see that, uh, that article or that story of U- Umar? Uh, I think he has his own, he was trying to create, uh, I think it's Umar, or maybe it's somebody else, but they're trying to create their own museum and they were having some type of uh, issues with with trying to get their museum up and running. It was supposed to be like Black artifacts. Um, you, haven't, you haven't heard about this? I think you may be talking about the Hidden History Museum, but I mean, yeah. That, yeah. Um, yes, I have heard about that. And then not, not saying that that story is unique um but that that sadly happens <laughs> a lot and that can be seen like outside of the museum space when those who have been marginalized try to create their own space something in quotes happens um but yes I really hope that does happen and any way that we can contribute to that whether that be you know donating or sharing it on social media all of that helps to fight the something that's preventing it from happening. Um, do we want to talk about what that something is, or are we just going to leave it? Okay, I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. I think that may be a conversation, and need that may be a part three. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, I want to stay on the point of 
what you would do, right? Because I think that is very productive for us to just imagine, right? So you sell your invisible artwork for $20 million or whatever it is. And so you would want to create a place where people can tell their stories, right? So what city would you choose to do this in? Would it be multiple cities? Uh, and if it is, what multiple cities would it be? And who who would you cater to the most as far as making sure you're getting those stories out? Mm, that's deep. Um, I don't want to start with Baltimore, but I mean, it, <laughs> it, I would probably start with Baltimore. But then okay. um, I would actually have to do a, a, a lot of research before I can even like really answer that question just to give it um a generic answer i would go to the cities where our stories are not being told so that mm. you know, i, I want to put it in, i want to put it in their face um and yeah i would have it in multiple cities the space in in multiple places i wouldn't just have it in one designated um area you know as i as i was asking the question i started thinking you know i would want to have and they may have this already i have no idea i would want to have a space that is multi-purpose to where yes we're telling the stories but it also provides housing mm. it also provides uh food basic the basic necessities food clothing shelter so mm. however that can happen and then also tell our stories whether it's you know uh one uh, one level is this, the next level, or whatever it may be. I guess on the bottom you would have the museum or the the uh, the facility that will allow people to tell their stories, and then you know have a an area where people can eat, uh, maybe like a cafeteria that's open to the public at mm -hmm. maybe a minimum cost, and if you're a certain type of individual, maybe you can get it for free. Um, and then the next layer uh, provides some type of housing, affordable housing, if not free housing. Um, where would where would I house this at? Um, my gut right now, I have no ties to this place at all. My gut would be like a Detroit, um, even though it gets a little too cold up there. Uh, also, I've been looking at Alabama. I was reading about um this uh this 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 section within Alabama that's where most black people live. It's like a strip. I forget what they call it, but maybe even Alabama would be a a, a possible location as well. Black but Wall, I, like Black Wall Street. Yeah, so I, I like having these kind of conversations because I like imagining the future instead of, you know, I know, how do you feel about a future type of museum where you're, you're telling stories that haven't happened yet? Is that of any value? Yes, it is. It gives us hope 
Um, Ooh, okay, I like hope. <laughs> it says something to you know look forward to and ha having those conversations, pre preparing for something, pre preparing for the future is always a great idea. Um, yeah, so that would be a that would be a really great idea. You said something earlier. You, it just hit me. It just hit me. You said, you know, you're doing, you know, you're shifting because you want to make sure people are preserving their, their, their history for their families. And what sparked it was um, maybe you not having as much access to your history as possible. So are you, are you preparing this, what you're doing now for your future? Or like, are you thinking like that? Like, hey, what I'm doing now, I want my, my kids, 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 to have everything in, in, in line so they don't have to, you know, wonder about me. They'll know everything they need to know about me. Am I, am I going down on the wrong path here? That, that is, that is exactly what, what I'm doing. Or, you know, with a family photo, um, that's one key that I would really like for people to take away. When you take a picture on the back of it, write the date and who all is in the photo. Um, it, um, it helps. So yeah, that that's exactly what, what I'm doing. Um, yeah, they won't have to try to figure out who I am, who I am, who I was, you know, what I was in, interested in. Maybe it'll help them figure out like, you know, my mom and dad, they're not into history, but I love history. You know, they come across grandma's trunk. They'd be like, oh, it all makes sense. Grandma was into history <laughs> or something. Right. Oh, okay. So let, let's stay on that for a second. Because I want to challenge what you just said. Take your family photo, put everybody's name on the back. I'm going to challenge that and say, not just family. Yeah. Right? I would because there's family, like blood, mm -hmm. family, and then there's family you choose. Mm -hmm. To me, I, I mean, I know that may not be, you know, family tree type thing, but man, I want to know who, I want, I want my kids, kids, kids to know who my best friend was. Right, yeah. Right? And yeah. who I sat down on podcasts with and had conversations with. And also the podcast itself is a way for us to capture in a moment of who we are um, and sharing that with, you know, future generations as well. Right, all, all of that matters. Everybody plays a part. Um, having, knowing all who's involved that is important so yes it, write down family friends the dog write, write it all down <laughs> you know you may not it may not make sense to you right now but you writing down whoever that is in that photo it may help somebody um connect a piece later on you know you, you just never know so i have i have a, a question that i think may shift somebody's life in 100 years okay who is Telly Simpson, right? Who are you? So when they pick this up, because they're going to pick, you know they're going to pick up Black Equity Podcast. You know they're going to pick it up. Um, I don't know how they're going to find it. I don't know where it's going to be at the time. I know right now it's streaming. But Black Equity Podcast will somehow find its way to somebody's um, doorsteps. Mm -hmm. So who are you? I am a girl in the museum world and the family historian. Mm. Those 
are like if you want to put titles on an individual which I don't really like but that that's that's what I would say who I am I'm the, the family historian and it's challenging but it's also fun and it's it's a big responsibility that I take that I take on um but I know that it it matters it matters now and it's going to matter later so that's who I am in this moment right now the family historian why when you say it's challenging and I, I'm, I'm trying to be respectful of your boundaries as much as possible here. When you say that it's challenging, what is it about being the family historian that can be exciting and frustrating at the same time? Exciting is learning something new about family, friends, and um, just about family history, learning that, having that aha moment or being able to connect something back to yourself or fill in a missing gap, um, doing research, like it, let's say I have a photo and we don't know who this individual is, I'm able to put a name to the face, like having those moments makes it really exciting and worth it, diving into those research holes. And um, on the other hand, what makes it challenging is maybe um, the archives or wherever I go to do research, they don't have any information. So I, I hit a wall and I can't navigate around it. That That's also a little challenging. And then also trying to preserve um, the materials can get a little costy, but if you are resourceful, it can still be done, but not everybody has the knowledge to be resourceful. So um, it can be a little discouraging just knowing that people like I, I'll be able to find something on Amazon just because I, I have the knowledge but let's say someone is in this situation and they go to a, um, a site to get material materials to preserve something and they see that price tag just know that somebody may be discouraged and whatever they're trying to preserve it may not you know get the best TLC um, yeah, I, I go through all of these like emotions. It's like I'm in that moment, you know, trying to do what I'm doing for myself and my future generations, but I'm also thinking about the other folks um, who may be in this situation and they may either like the knowledge and they get discouraged or anything like that. So it's an emotional. You know, <laughs> I want you to know that I appreciate, you already know this. I really do appreciate the work that you do because you actually remind me of who I am I'm not a family historian per se I'm actually the black sheep of my family just being completely honest so you would probably be upset with me because you're like hey DJ you probably have family out there and you're not connecting with them and getting all this information from them but for me it's like my peace of mind is more important it just being I don't know if I would want to do all of that mm. and suffer um, no. by doing it because I felt, I, you know, not to get too deep, but as a black sheep, I've always felt as an outcast from my family. But you always remind me who I am because there's an element of me who I really do care about my people and my culture and uh, where we've been. And I know that every person matters, every piece matters. 
And for me, I'm like a, um, if you're a family historian, I'm like a, I'm like a, a business slash equity historian. Mm. Who owned that company? Who owned that piece of real estate? Right. Where, why did they, what did they do with that? Uh, why, why was there redlining over here? How come we couldn't get that hotel here, but over there? Who helped connect this person over here? And what I'm finding as I'm living my own history, because as I'm finding stuff in the past, I also realized that right now I'm doing things that somebody else will either know or not know. And most times they won't know because a lot of the work that I do is behind the scenes. And as I'm, I talk to some of my friends, I'm like, because one of my friends is a, a, a up and coming director. Um, and he's always talking about making a movie of my life, right? And I'm like, you know, what would you, what would be the, what would be the, the, the draw? And he says, man, you know, all these people, you're talking to all these people, but no one really knows you, right? So no one really um, takes the time. Matter of fact, there was this uh, situation where I helped, uh, I helped a group of people get something that they really wanted. I'll just put it that way. That way nobody feels that I'm calling anybody out. I helped a group of people get what they really wanted. And I don't think I'll ever be remembered for it. Like I'm, I'm 99% sure that people will get what they wanted and then forget about how it happened. And it was a slip through their mind. It's, like, it's almost like a, a form of gaslighting. And the only way that anybody will ever know is if they look at my archives, it's all on the podcast, by the way, and say, oh, he did that. But they never said that he did that. And so for me, it's like, I just want the truth to be out there, but I don't know why people run from it. Like they don't want people to know. I feel like sometimes they only want certain people in the picture. Mm-hmm. That's that's very true. Um, l- let me see. Say number one, I love the idea of making a movie of your life. Um, I was already thinking about titles. It could be called The Navigator, The Facilitator. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. Okay. The, right. the okay. Cult, Go ahead. The Cultivator. I mean, you know, <laughs> that that's really what you're doing, and your story is important, and it that needs to be known that you are a part of facilitating, you know, um, certain things. So that's fine if they, if they are not, sadly, that they are not um, doing that, that they're not giving, you know, recognition or acknowledgement where it needs to, where it needs to well, be, but, you know, it's, you can take control of it and tell your story and start building your collection, which we already have the, like, um, this podcast here. Mm-hmm. That's your, to me, that would be your collection and- mm. How do, and maybe you don't have the answer yet, how does someone take this, we might have to have this conversation offline one day. How do I leverage all this stuff from the podcast and elevate it to a historic levels to where it has that preservation to it like I want it to be? Like, I want people to pick this thing up and be like, this is gospel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, being able, uh, transferring, I mean, I'm sure you already do this. You're a very techie uh, individual. 
is techie even a word? You're a very tech savvy individual. Putting it on a hard drive, putting it on a something physical and tangible um, that that would really give it that, I guess, uh, timestamp, I guess you could mm. say, to have, it travel okay. to have it travel through history. Or putting it on, do they even still make CDs? I mean, I still listen to CDs. <laughs> I think they do. I would, I, I still listen to CDs. I know I'm not supposed to be, but. <laughs> no, it's just my sister. She'll make me feel so old sometimes because I'll listen to a CD and she's like, wow, you still listen to CDs. Oh, but yeah, putting it on something physical, like a hard okay. drive CD or, or a tape or a tape cassette. Um, I'm not even sure how you would tra transfer podcasts onto a tape, but for you, I would more so say a, a hard drive. Having okay. that backup. That thing at the end. I will actually <laughs> will do that because that is sound. You would think that you would think that um, you wouldn't have to do that, but you're right. I need to do that, uh, especially for certain specific conversations. I definitely need to have uh, on a hard drive. Okay, um, before we head out, and I'm sorry if I took up uh, past our time here. Um, there's a couple of things I want to get your take on because it may be another year before we sit down. I know you're a busy woman. And so I got to get these in. Okay. Um, how does the presidency impact your work or does it, or does it not? Does Trump being in office, Biden being in office, uh, a Cuban, a Cuban president being assassinated, um, all these different moving parts on a, a political level, does that impact your work at all in any way? Uh, well, yes, mentally, and then uh, it does. And then to, um, yeah, since I, I work in the collections department, so um, I'm a part of what comes in and what comes out, um, what comes in and what goes out. Um, and depending on, I guess the political state that we're in, it can determine um, what objects we bring in. And that, that can kind of be emotional. Like um, let's say for, for example, the Trump rallies and, you know, all of, and all of that stuff, certain museums were rapidly responding to that and trying to collect um, objects from, from that moment. Um, being seeing and seeing that piece and knowing what it represents um that that can it can be taxing it can just be emotional um and I'm not sure if that's just like a me thing since I'm so connected to objects you know somebody may see that and just be like oh it's just a sign that says Trump but me being a very empathetic and like cognizant um, aware individual it 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 can affect me um, so yeah, the, the presidency, the political state, the climate that the world is in, that it does affect the museum. <laughs> Have you ever thought about your work tra being transferable to documentaries? Um, I have thought about it. There's, there's, like you said, I'm a busy individual. Yes, I mean, you are. We, we all are, like, especially right now. Um, everyone has had added responsibilities, um, but I would love to get into documentaries. I would. Um, 
like I said, I'm all about having that physical thing to look back on. Mm-hmm. So that was something that I wish I did with my grandfather. I wish I would have recorded our conversations, um, documenting, you know, his story. Um, but yeah, that, that's something I, I would love to do. It's on my list of things I want to do one day as the family story. <laughs> when you say that line, someone asked me the other day, how long have I been podcasting? Right. And the technical answer is three years, three and a half. But the real answer is all my life. Mm-hmm. Every conversation been a one free. It, it's all been a freaking podcast. And it just maybe didn't get recorded or we might've recorded something and then just didn't preserve it. Um, I really would, if I can go back in history, I would, I mean, right now, basically 70% of my conversations are podcast conversations. Um, I wish I could go back and just record it all for one, for fact checking because mother suckers, they love to pretend like they didn't say something that they said. And then they'll gaslight you and say, no, I never said that. Okay. Um, if you say so. So it's just good to have it sitting there just for proof. And then for two, um, I think that's the way that I preserve, right? Like, uh, I feel like my artifact is, is my voice. It's uh, my thought. Um, and so now that I know that that's part of my purpose, I probably should have been recording all this time, like six, seven, eight, nine years old. I was always listening, you know, on the front stoop, listening to everybody's stories and giving advice or just talking, it, talking it out, analyzing it from every different angle. And it was fun. Mm-hmm. But then once it's over, it's off in the ether. I mean, it still matters. Yeah, but you can't get it back, you know. And so, um, that's why I love the work that you do because you remind me of what I need to be like. You get me back focused of how important this game is out here, and not to fall off my square and to to really stay on. Like, yo, we're creating history, and at the same time, documenting history and shifting the future, all within the same moments right. and so that's why it's always important for us to you know stay connected and uh, have these conversations well that that was deep um thank you for that and um yes. no like like you said um the conversations matter and then it was practice so it's okay now you can just execute and that that's what really like really matters you know you're aware all it's time to execute so very true. Very true. Okay. So uh, as we head uh, towards the end here, I, I don't like ending these conversations, but um, where can people go? How can people collaborate? Are there any upcoming projects that people can uh, uh, look up or uh, be a part of? Just let us know what's what's going on and how we can uh, collaborate and work with people. Sure. Um, so right now, the best way to collaborate with me is uh, via a girl in a museum world.com. Um, I am until I get to the point where I can buy my own physical space and cultivate um, a way for folks to share their stories. I'm doing that on my blog. So I'm looking for anyone who wants to 
um, share, share their story, who's willing to sit down and talk to me and we can get them a blog post. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook at A Girl in Museum World as well. Telly Simpson, thank you so much for coming on Black Equity Podcast. Is there anything else you want to say? I just want to make sure this is this is your your final um, uh, final words um, that you can put on the podcast. Until next time, of course. Is there anything else you want to say before we head out? No, I, I was going to say something, but that's going to lead into a part part three. So I okay. was there as a cliffhanger. So no. All right. Well, I look forward to part three on uh on the next episode uh maybe it, it may be on somebody else's podcast um then maybe part three is on on one of your podcasts but anyway i digress thank you so much for uh coming on and we'll talk to you again soon okay